G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Coming at ya on hump day, solo this evening. The great man J-Lo is out, making a difference in the world. So I thought, got to keep the momentum up. I know he's not here, so it won't nearly be as entertaining, but we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. But for the meantime... Let me talk about plenty of stuff that's going on. The NBA draft's only a couple of days away. Around 15 in the AFL's looming as arguably the best round of footy of the decade, in a long, long time anyway. And there's a couple of drama queens that are making some noise in both the footy and the basketball world. Free agencies in the horizon as well in the NBA world. So there's a lot on the agenda. I'm not going to waste any more time and dive right into today's episode. I'll be back on Friday to recap everything that happened in the NBA draft. But the first item of business, I want to talk a little bit about best available players versus drafting for team fit. What I was going to do was kind of work through the draft order and see what teams needed to do. And I'm not going to bore you by doing the entire draft, but there's a couple of teams in particular that I, uh, I think will not dictate the draft, but they kind of could be the keys that unlock what happens. Obviously, we all expect Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banquero and Jabari Smith Jr. to go within the first three picks, if not to the Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando Magic and Houston Rockets. Someone might trade up and steal them. But the draft really does seem to start at Sacramento with pick four. And they're in an interesting position because if those three big dudes are gone, for the record, actually, if one of them's left over, that's definitely who they should draft. But if they are gone, which everyone expects to be the case, I don't know if they should try and target Jaden Ivey. They've obviously got De'Aaron Fox in the backcourt. They drafted Davion Mitchell and flicked Tyrese Halliburton away last year. So they kind of already have a couple of backcourt pieces that I like. I think Buddy Heald going to Indiana in that deal was a bit of a loss and they might try and find another shooter in the offseason. But Jaden Ivey is not exactly that type of guy. Like I said in the other podcast, he's more of an explosive athlete, a Russell Westbrook light, if you will. So I think if they want to and they want to try and go for fit, Drafting Keegan Murray, the big man out of Iowa, is probably the smartest route to go down. But the best available talent on the board at that point is probably Jaden Ivey. Maybe they'll make a couple of moves and free up some space. Maybe they'll move on from De'Aaron Fox. Who knows? I've, for the last season, been talking about his potential availability. So watch this space. The pace is a couple of picks after them at pick six. They don't exactly dictate the draft and they'll probably take the best available talent given their young roster and Tyrese, like I mentioned now, part of the paces. But there are a couple of other moves that they could make. There's a lot of noise being made about Dyson Daniels, who could be the best bloke available at pick six if Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey go after those big three dudes. But I don't know if that's the right route for Indiana to go down. They've got a couple of young budding backcourt pieces like Halliburton, Chris Duarte, who's a little bit older, but he's still in his uh, NBA infancy, if you will. And then we could see Malcolm Brogdon on the move as well. He's a big contract who's battling to stay on the court. But Dyson Daniels does seem like a nice piece to add to that Indiana team. He's more of a defensive playmaker, not exactly known for scoring shitloads of buckets, but he and Tyrese Halliburton in the backcourt would be a pretty nice mix. If they don't want to grab Daniels or a guard, then they might want to go for Benedict Matherin, who is a bit of a three and D wing out of Arizona. I think that he would slot in nicely 
kind of replacing TJ Warren, who has battled injury woes the last couple of years, in the long term anyway. I think he could be a pick. Jeremy Sohan also from Baylor is making some noise about climbing up draft boards. So I don't think he'll be taken that early, but he might find his way to the paces. And outside of those two teams, still in the top 10, I'm interested to see what San Antonio do at number nine. Obviously, DeJounte Murray is their key piece that they're going to build their team around. And let's be honest, there's not a lot else to love about the Spurs at the moment. Gone are the days where they were chalking up 50 wins for fun. And it seems like Greg Popovich is on his last legs as a coach. So going for the best available talent, one of those names we've already mentioned who might slip down the order is probably a good thing. But there's a couple of other pieces around that mark. Usman Jeng, who apparently has a promise from a team in the lottery uh, to be taken. He could slot in nicely there. Another three and D bloke who needs to work on a couple of aspects of his game, but might be a good long-term solution. But I think the Spurs should definitely be targeting a best available talent. Like I said, the draft's on Friday morning. So I'll be back with the Friday Arvo Sportsby pod to un- unpack and recap everything that's happened. And I think we're in for a pretty interesting 2022 NBA draft. All right, second thing I want to discuss is the Ripper Round 15 slate that we've got in the AFL. I know JLo's not here, but I'll still drop my useless sports by fry stat. It is the first time since 2012 that we're going to see the entire top eight to play each other. It's only happened five times since 1994, since the AFL went to a top eight fixture. And I'll tell you what, there are some Ripper games on the slate. Uh, obviously, on Thursday night, we'll have the D's and the Lions kick off of festivities we've got two versus one at the g i think i'm gonna side with melbourne i think they're gonna get their season not back on track because i don't think their injury uh not even the injury woes their form woes are too much to worry about but i think that the d's will galvanize together the return of Stephen may and a couple of other bits and pieces should see them take down brisbane but obviously a huge game there for both sides we get the dogs and the hawks The Bulldogs needed to win last week against the Giants to keep their season alive. And luckily for them, they managed to do that. So I think that they'll take care of business against the Hawks. If they don't, alarm bells will certainly be ringing. The next one is an interesting matchup. we got West Coast versus the Bombers in WA. And I think I'm going to side with the Coasters. I talked earlier in the week about the ticker that I think they've refound, playing with a bit of heart. They've got a lot of their veterans back in the lineup, minus Jeremy McGovern and the likes of Nick Natanui as well. But I think that they've got enough to get over the Bombers. I know they had a big win against St Kilda, but I'm backing in the Coasters to take care of business at home. And then I'm backing in the other WA team, the mighty Purple Army Fremantle Dockers, to defeat Carlton in Melbourne. It's not often that Fremantle goes over to Melbourne and chalks up a win, but I almost feel like they have a bit of a free hit here against the Blues. They're in a good ladder position, the Dockers are. Carlton, they're going all right, but... As I've talked about many times before, I'm not a huge believer. And I think Fremantle will take the chockies in that one. Cats-Tigers might be the matchup of the round if you don't want to look at the Ds and Lions one. We've got fourth versus sixth at the moment. And even though Geelong seem to be hitting their straps, I'm going to be siding with Richmond. I think I'm glad that JLo's not here to hear this, but he was probably right about his Tigers call. I think that they're going to cement themselves as not just a team making up the numbers in the top eight, but a genuine contender. And for that reason, I think that they upset the Cats. Might be not viewed as an upset. I don't know who's the favourite in that one, but it'll be viewed as an upset by some. So I think the Tigers will take care of business there. The Swannies and the Saints, I think, are two teams trending in opposite directions. St Kilda is hardly an easy beat, and they could quite 
uh, easily get over the line against the Swans. But I think Sydney is the better team. So I'm backing them to take care of business. Then we roll into the Sunday slate, North versus the Crows. I don't think there'll be too many people tuning in to watch this one, even Adelaide and uh, Kangaroo fans. But the Crows have much more talent, if you ask me. Uh, I'm going to release an article in the next 24 or so hours talking about a couple of the main storylines to watch over the rest of the season. And I think one of them is the fact that Dave Noble is fighting for his gig. If he wins this game, it'll go a long way to North Melbourne, keeping him around. But if he loses, like I expect North Melbourne to, then it's probably curtains for Dave Noble as the head coach of the Roos. Collingwood and the GWS Giants clash in the second last game of the round. I want to tip Collingwood. I think they're the better team. But I'm going for the upset. I think I'm going to back the Giants in. They nearly got over the line against the Bulldogs. They stayed in that game for the entire match last week. So I'm picking the Giants to make a bit of noise and ruffle a couple of feathers, pun intended. And the final game I've got, the Suns taking on Port Adelaide in Adelaide. Now, if Gold Coast wants to play finals, this is the type of game they have to win. It's not exactly a daunting task or not as daunting as it seemed in the past few years. Port Adelaide, a very up and down roller coaster team. So... I'm going to back Gold Coast in to get the job done. They haven't made too many changes to their lineup in recent weeks, in recent weeks, with the exception of Connor Butterick and Will Powell going down with injuries. I think they'll have a pretty similar lineup too. So for that reason, I think Gold Coast can get the job done. And if they do, like I said, that'll go a long way to punching their finals ticket, or at least keeping them in the mix with seven or eight games to go in 2022. Let's transition back to basketball for item number three. And I want to talk about Kyrie Irving, who's obviously making waves with uh, his impasse with the Brooklyn Nets at the moment. He's got a player option for the upcoming season, but obviously he wanted a long-term deal and is still in the market to receive such a contract. And Brooklyn seemed pretty hesitant to pay him. And I can understand why. The bloke changes teams more than he seems to be changing undies at the moment. And I know that he spent a couple of years with Boston, a couple of years with Brooklyn. Before that was at the Cavs for a long time, but this is about four or five seasons in a row now that we've just had some weird Kyrie shit going on. Obviously it was the whole unvaccination status and he could play road games, but not home games. And then he wasn't going to be a part-time player. And I don't blame Brooklyn for not wanting to pay him. I think in the end, he'll probably stay with the nets. I don't know if there's too many other teams that want to sign up for the shit show that is Kyrie Irving, but if there is a team that's going to do it, it might be his crosstown rival, New York Knicks. I know technically they're not, across town, but you get my drift. It would be interesting to see uh, the Nets and the Knicks games if we had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on one team each. That'd be bloody entertaining. But the Knicks obviously have been starving to try and find a face for their franchise or a star to build their team around or just to get someone, a big name. Obviously, when Durant and Kyrie went to Brooklyn, the Knicks were one of the teams in the mix and there were plenty of photoshopped images of Kyrie, Kevin Durant and Zion all in uh, New York blue and orange. So... I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks threw their hat in the ring. All these Lakers rumors, I don't think are going to come to fruition. Would be kind of cool to see him reunite with LeBron, but can't see that happening. The Clippers, I don't know if they want to like raid all their depth to make a play at Kyrie. And a returning Kawhi Leonard obviously gives them a huge boost without technically changing their roster a lot or paying to take on someone like Kyrie's contract. Sneaky one if you can keep the likes of Zion. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum on the roster and the New Orleans Pelicans, if they could keep those three and add a fourth star in Kyrie, 
it'd be a bloody fun team to watch. I think, like I said, ultimately he'll probably go back to Brooklyn. He might even still accept his player option, but yeah, it wouldn't be the off season without a little bit of Kyrie Irving drama. Fourth topic and the next thing on the agenda, I want to talk about the Coleman medal race because we've got about two months of the season left and things are starting to heat up. At the moment, I'm still kind of surprised that this is reality, but Charlie Kernow is leading the goal tally with 40 snags to his name. It's nice to see. It's good to see Charlie Kernow firing. The AFL's better when he's healthy, but I don't know if he can hold on and hold, hold on to his lead and keep uh, the Coleman in his back pocket. I'd love to see it happen, but there's a couple of cats right underneath him in Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins who are making a bit of a push. I think they'll probably eat into too many of each other's shots on goal for one of them to win it, but I would be shocked if that happens. We got Max King, Aaron Norton. They're both five goals behind, but sitting on 34 goals at the moment, six goals behind Charlie Curnow. I think Tom Lynch is going to make a big push for the Coleman. Like I said, Richmond are a team on the up and as they start to hit their straps and roll into finals and start to play a bit better, I won't be shocked if Tom Lynch is a big reason for their success or at least reaps the rewards for their success. So Coleman medal hunting will be interesting to see who can kick a big bag to vault themselves up the standings. And don't think against the likes of Geelong that Tom Hawkins will have a bag, but if he manages to kick four or five and Geelong have Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins at the other end, staying relatively quiet, he can definitely start that climb. Item number five on the agenda. I want to dive very quickly into the race for the 2023 NBA championship. Now, we were going to do a Mount Rushmore draft, JLo and I drafting teams that we thought could contend for the chip. And obviously at the start of the off season compared to the end of the off season, it'll be very, very different. But I still think that the Milwaukee Bucks deserve the title of championship contenders and the number one championship contenders in my eyes. If Chris Middleton wasn't hurt, we might be looking at the Bucks as back-to-back champions, but he did get hurt. So there's nothing we can do to change the past, but I still think that they are the team to beat into the future. There's a lot of murkiness around the Eastern Conference. The Brooklyn Nets, as I've kind of talked about, have a bit of uncertainty around their roster. If Ben Simmons can come back and contribute, will be another factor. Philadelphia is probably going to throw their hat in the mix. But Miami is the other team in the East that I'm watching very, very closely. Donovan Mitchell has been linked to them ever since Utah's exit. Obviously, we know they've got Jimmy Butler and a couple of other big names in Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo. They could package a Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and whatever else they need to make the salaries match to make a play at a big star like Donnie. But I think that Miami, regardless, are in a pretty good position to maintain the rage and stay towards the top of the Eastern Conference. Boston Celtics as well. They obviously had their struggles in the first half of the year, but they'll be right back amongst it. And transitioning into the West, I think it's fair to say, maybe not fair to say, but the Golden State Warriors probably aren't the favourites in the West. They made the most of an injury-depleted Western Conference. Like I said, Kawhi is going to come back for the Clippers. Jamal Murray and hopefully Michael Porter Jr. are going to come back for the Nuggets. So those are two teams I expect to be right in the uh, premiership, uh, the championship contention as well. But don't sleep on the Dallas Mavericks. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. They definitely got better in this Christian Wood trade. And if they make a couple of smart, savvy moves in the offseason, then expect them to be right amongst the final few teams when 2023 rolls around. The Phoenix Suns can't be doubted either. I know a lot of people might be out on Chris Paul as he continues to age. And if DeAndre Ayton leaves the franchise, and that might leave a bit of a gaping hole. But the amount of success they've had over the last few years isn't a fluke. So... 
gun to my head, I reckon the top three right now to contend for the chip are the Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns, and then the Dallas Mavericks. Rightio, final item of business. I want to talk about an AFL drama queen, maybe the AFL's version of Kyrie Irving in Jordan Dugowie. Now, I'm not going to dive too much into the Dugowie news. Obviously, everyone's aware that he went to Bali, had a couple sherbets, probably shouldn't have got his uh, nose in the media and... He's now been given a suspended fine for 25K, and which is a bit confusing if you ask me. I mean, did he do something wrong? It didn't seem like it. Was he not allowed to go and then did a different thing to what the club told him? I don't know. He didn't seem to commit any crimes over there. So I'm not entirely sure why he got a fine. I mean, if things, there might be something going on behind closed doors, but then the news broke that Collingwood have rescinded their potential contract offer and they're going to wait to the off-season, and now Jordan Degoe is taking personal leave. So this saga just continues to get confusing. And I don't think Jordan Degoe is going to be at the Magpies next year. There was a period in the off-season where I didn't think he was going to be at Collingwood, and long-time Sports by Fry fans will know that no matter how good he is at footy, I don't think he's a bloke you want at your footy club, but boy, oh boy, the guy can play footy. So for that reason, he's probably going to get paid by who's remains to be seen, but more of these antics just continue to cost him some dough I think and he's a star on the football field don't get me wrong but and as long as he can play football you know what there's these blokes that have been kind of dodging the bullet for the last I don't know 50 plus years in AFL circles don't get me wrong I'm sure he's a lovely bloke but he's not exactly a guy that I think I'd invite to a party so watch this space over the next couple of months will be interesting to watch and see what Collingwood does with Jordan Dugowie how he acts if anything else surfaces over the offseason and if Collingwood want to keep him around, I guess they've got first dibs to him. But the more shit he does, the less likely that seems like it's going to happen. Bang. There you go. Another sports BEP in the books. Like I said, apologies for the lack of JLo, but I still had to get on the airwaves and talk about the trending topics that are flying around in the sporting world. I'll be back with a Friday Arvo EP to recap the NBA draft and talk a little bit about the around 15 teams, touch on a couple of fantasy tidbits. And then obviously after the weekend, like I said, JLo and I will be back to regular scheduled programming on Wednesday. But thanks for tuning into this episode. Appreciate it. I'll catch you next time.